You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Tuesday. So used to saying Monday. Uh, it is Tuesday. <laughs> and we are. Uh, we have a fun theological round table, except for the table isn't round because there isn't a real table because we're nope. all connected remotely from home today. Um, we're going to continue our conversation. It was, I think it was this summer that we had a conversation with Pastor Apple and Pastor Hoppy. Um, about the the greater tragedy of coronatide, as we've called it. And uh, so Mm -hmm. we're going to continue that conversation today. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us this morning, Pastor Timothy Apple, pastor of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas, host of Sharper Iron here on KFUO. Good morning, Pastor Apple. Morning. And also joining us this morning, Pastor Philip Hoppe is pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Finlayson and St. Paul Lutheran Church in Bruno, Minnesota. Pastor Hoppe, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Hey, glad to be back with you again today. Thanks, everybody, for uh, being willing to uh, to join us for uh, a bit of a theological roundtable or conversation this morning, continuing our conversation from the summer as we talked about the, the greater tragedy of Coronatide. Now that we've been through nearly a year of pandemic life and what uh, seeing what that has uh, meant for us as as individuals as families as congregations uh, have some more questions for you to 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 think through and to to discuss and 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 continue our conversation on this greater tragedy so how has uh we'll start with pastor hoppy how has the pandemic challenged you pastor hoppy Well, I think, you know, when we really, uh, you know, look back over now, like you said, you know, we've had some time to reflect on all of this. Um, When you look at just how it has challenged uh, me personally, you know, it is this overall um, idea, I think, of uh, how seriously we take our God, if that makes sense, right? That that it's just a constant thing where it's easy to slip in and out of sort of the cultural conversation about all of this. Uh, and, you know, if you're if you're slipping into that, it's easy to just forget again about sort of God's role in all of this. Um, and, you know, that that is is not good, obviously. Um, and so the challenge has been to kind of try to remain focused on the things that we talked about in our last episode about, you know, in this time, looking to God, examining ourselves, repenting of our sins, and then, you know, rejoicing as God gives us his grace and mercy. But uh, like I said, I think the challenge for me personally has been to remain there, right? To abide in those thoughts rather than just let them be fleeting ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been very easy to, to kind of be drinking from the fire hose of, of all of the input that we've been getting over the last year. Pastor Apple, what about you? How, how has the pandemic challenged you? As Pastor Hoppy was saying, to try to keep a theological focus in the midst of it has been very challenging. Because as you were saying, it is very easy just to get lost and caught up in all of the information that's coming from a variety of sources. But one thing that's been challenging for me particularly is trying not to get caught up into the judgment that that gets passed, I think, on on both sides, whether you wear a mask or you don't wear a mask, whether you social distance or you don't social distance and all of the various things that you are or you aren't supposed to do. 
and not that those conversations are unimportant, but it's very easy, I think, to fall into, I know for me personally, self-justification. I'm doing great because I'm doing X, Y, and Z, and that makes me okay. As we talked about last summer, the challenge then is to to look rather at myself, to examine myself, to repent where needed. This Lenten season here at Grace, we're going through the fifth chief part of the catechism concerning confession. And we very recently talked about that third question, you know, what what sins are those that might bother me? And the, the catechism gives a, a beautifully simple answer. Consider your place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Uh, in other words, start small. <laughs> look look at, you know, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a son. Where in those places do I need to repent? And and keeping that focus has helped me. It's not always been easy, no doubt, um, but it's helped me to to keep my my wits about me to think more theologically in the midst of of just a, a culture that would just sweep me up into these big things, and and that helps, I think, to to stay small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been so many so many uh, extra things that like we didn't know that we needed to repent about until the last year. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I think I, I think I said last time, or I know I've thought before that the, the pandemic as a whole has, has been a time where Christians ought to repent, to examine their lives and repent. And and thinking now, you know, a year later, seeing some of those memories come up a year later, say on Facebook, which frankly is not that pleasant of a memory to think about. And yet I've, I've kind of forced myself to begin to look at them as, as a way to to try to examine, okay, well, think about the pandemic itself. What in the pandemic that I did or didn't do, where do I need repentance there? And and that's not the most comfortable thing, but I know it's needed. Hmm. So what has, speaking of bringing to light some of the things we need to repent of, has this pandemic brought to light some of our idols, Pastor Hoppy? Yeah, I, I think certainly it has, right? I mean, um, it, it's perhaps, and this is something I've, I've relearned, right? That in these times where people feel a little uncertain, yeah, whether they quite frankly want to admit it or not, but, but are uncertain in different ways, it really does show then where we place our fear, love and trust. And, um, you know, I'd say two things, both personally and that I've just seen in, people, right? One of those is just this sincere desire to be want to want to be liked by our groups, whatever those groups are, whether it's our, our political parties, our church groups, our friends, our family, um, you know, you're, you're playing all of these things all day long and you're trying not to say this and trying to say that, um, and rather than kind of, you know, being thoughtful about, I want to, I want to speak the truth and, and I don't want to speak things that I don't know if they're truth or not, I guess. Um, and, and just really to say all of this comes back to this idea of we, we just want, especially our people, right? Whoever we consider that uh, to like us. And, and the second one, I think is maybe even a little more expansive. And that is that we have become a people that believe that information will be our savior. That if we mm-hmm. get enough data, if we get enough information, then we will be saved. And I, again, I think this was evident on both quote unquote sides of all of this is that, I mean, the, the back and forth arguments about, oh, this, you know, this study says this and no, this study says that. And, uh, you know, you're, you're completely unwise if you don't do this or do that. And what it really showed again is that's, 
that's where we've become convinced that we'll be saved is we just need the right information. And I think it's been proven a worthless God in this time. Um, it, it, it's been shown to be that it, it really does not save. That's not to say that all information is bad, but it is to say that if we're placing our trust there, we're going to be sorely disappointed. Mm-hmm. Especially with all of this information right at our fingertips, it's so easy to pull up the latest study that backs up whatever you're saying, but that, that doesn't necessarily mean it's right. Pastor Apple, what about, what about you? What, what idols have, has the pandemic brought to light? To to kind of piggyback on what Pastor Hoppy was saying, I think the idol of information plays right into the idol of control or self sufficiency. Mm-hmm. I, I think that if I if I have enough information, then I can be in control of the circumstances. If I know precisely how to stop the pandemic from spreading, then I can be in control. I can I can accomplish this. And again, as I think Pastor Hoppy would agree, none of that is to say that information is bad or that these studies are, are wrong somehow. But to think that, you know, we have control over these things is is simply foolish because we don't. I mean, the coronavirus, that's one way to, to become sick and die. But there's so many others. And I, I know, I mean, prior to the pandemic, I think I thought of myself as a person who, generally speaking, knew how to handle situations, knew what to do when problems arose. I mean, certainly there were challenges, but for the most part, I, I felt like I had a pretty good handle on what to do in ver- a variety of situations. And last March, about this time, all of that kind of went out the window for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't think I was unique in that either. I mean, just trying to make decisions personally, for my family, for the congregation, suddenly became a very great challenge. And, and all this information, what, what do I do with it? And thinking that I can control it somehow, I, I think that was a, that was a, a big part of that idolatry and, and the idea of self-sufficiency as well. Another, another idol that I, I identified at, at some point, I don't remember when, that I think is, is still out there is what I call the idol of normal, in, in quotes, mm-hmm. normal. That, that we think that if we can just get everything back to normal, then everything will be okay. As if normal, you know, pre-pandemic February of last year was, everything was great. And, and if we can get back to that, then it's going to be okay. And, and that too, I think, that, that's a bit of an idol that, that we're looking to some sort of status quo rather than the one true God as our source of security, the place where we place our fear, love, and trust. Mm-hmm. What are some of the questions that this this whole experience has brought up? You mentioned a, a, f- a few things, Pastor, the, that you've been having to mull over, uh, Pastor Apple. What what are some of the questions that, that this whole experience has brought up for you? Well, right away, last March, one of the questions that was brought up is, are questions like, what does it mean to, to gather together? What does worship look like mm-hmm. when when scientific authorities, health authorities are saying it's not safe to get together, what does that mean for the worship life of the church? What, is, what does it mean to communicate the word over a distance? What's a, a helpful way to do that? What's a less helpful way to do that? Those were some of the questions that came up right away. And, and well, th- those are some of the areas now looking back, I'm, I'm trying to examine and say, this is what we did. Was that the best way? How, how can we continue to think about these things and be as faithful as possible in answering some of those questions? Man, lots of, lots of, it, I, I'm hearing a lot of the same questions that, that were going on in my head as well. 
during that time. I'm sure for you too, Pastor Hoppy, probably a lot of questions. We'll get to those in just a moment. We're continuing the conversation on the greater tragedy of Corona Tide with Pastor Apple and Pastor Hoppy here on the Coffee Hour. We have more to talk about. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Tuesday on Issues Etc., we'll visit with Kevin McGarry of Every Black Life Matters, and we'll have Pastor Tom Baker lead us in a Sunday school lesson on God providing for Elijah in 1 Kings 17. And on Wednesday, we'll resurrect our Book of Proverbs series with Pastor Jonathan Fisk. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. Tuesday's Rumination Law and Gospel will include both myself, Tom Baker, and Mark Smith in preparing you to sing the hymn of the week for the following Sunday, which always focuses on the salvation won for us by the life, death, and resurrection of both Jesus and through Him, our death and resurrection. Listen to Law and Gospel weekday mornings beginning at 9.30 on KFUO. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today we're continuing our conversation on the greater tragedy of Corona Tide with Pastor Timothy Apple of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas, host of Sharper Iron here on KFUO, and Pastor Philip Hoppy of Peace Lutheran Church in Finlayson and St. Paul Lutheran Church in Bruno, Minnesota. We were talking about some of the questions that have that the pandemic has raised for us. Pastor Hoppy, are there questions that have been raised for you during this time? Well, you know, I think the overall question that I've been struggling with, and to be honest, I'm still struggling with a little bit, is is the question of what is essential to the practice of our faith. Um, and what I mean by that is before all of this happened, I think we just sort of all assumed, even though I don't think we thought about it, that whatever we were doing was essential and whatever we weren't doing wasn't essential. And we felt good about that, right? And uh, <laughs> that was it. But, but what this has kind of forced us to do, and, and and kind of following up on what Pastor Apple was talking about is is to really consider that question, right? What what can be yielded without any offense to God, and yet what cannot be yielded uh, lest we offend God? And um, I, I wish that that answer was always just perfectly clear in my mind to this day. I think certain parts of it have become much more clear. Um, but I, I think it is something we really have to think about. And I think in one way, it'll be preparatory for the days ahead, right? To sh- 
because that's a question we need to have a better grasp on, right? What things can be yielded and which things cannot? Um, and I think the conversations that have happened around that topic are, are fruitful ones, both for this present time, but also for the days to come. Mm-hmm. So how, how often has the third commandment and then also the first commandment come up in conversations lately because of all this talk about uh, and, and what we had to deal with with worshiping in person or not? Pastor Hoppy. Yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, that, that kind of comes down to that nature of what is essential, right? We're, we're wrestling with what does it mean, right, to honor the Sabbath day? And what does it mean ultimately then to honor God as Lord, as our only God? Um, and so I, I think the conversations have come up, although as we talked about last time, maybe not as much as they should, right? I mean, that this as God's people probably should have been our prime focus uh, rather than all of the other things. And again, um, and to some extent, you know, I think Pastor Apple was saying on his reflection, you wonder at times if if because we got so focused on the other things, um, did we not do as thorough of an examination of, of these commandments as we should? Uh, and therefore, did we in times do some things that we maybe should not have done? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think they have come up, but probably should have more. <laughs> Pastor Apple, any comments on the first table of the law, the first commandment, or maybe even the second commandment or third commandment coming up in conversations reflecting on the pandemic? I think it was yesterday's program on Sharper Iron. I was talking to Pastor Appold from Paducah, Kentucky, and he had the text where Jesus is asked, which is the most important commandment? And one of the genius things that is found in Jesus' answer is that he puts the first table of the law side by side with the second table of the law. Love the Lord your God with all that you are. Love your neighbor as yourself. And those two commandments aren't in contradiction to each other. And I I think that what happens sometimes is that in our various attempts to keep the fifth commandment, you shall not murder the desire to help our neighbor in his physical need. Sometimes we place that over and against the third commandment or, or vice versa. Perhaps we place the third commandment over against the fifth Rather, I think Jesus' answer invites us to recognize that when we are keeping the third commandment, we're going to be keeping the fifth commandment. And and when we're keeping the fifth commandment, we're going to be keeping the third as well, that those two things go together. And and I, I think sometimes we've we've erred on one side or the other. And that's some of the, the reflection that, that I've been having, having that Pastor Hoppy's been been talking about as well. How do we how do we hold those two commandments together? How do we continue to love God with all that we are and hold his word sacred and gladly here and learn it? What does that look like at this time? All the while also trying to do what we can, recognizing that it is ultimately not in our control, but do what we can to to help our neighbor in his physical need. And and again, I, I think that's that's one of those conversations that I've, I've thought at least and, and tried to hold together, but Again, sometimes there's that need for repentance. Hmm. What about anything lost? Anything gained? Pastor Happy? Any, have we lost anything bad or good? 
Well, I think one of the things that, that's been most evident to me in this time is is just the loss of fellowship and use that in the in the broadest sense of just being together. And I think even personally, again, uh, I think I'd forgot the importance of that. And and this, you know, may sound weird, but sometimes we can just say, okay, if we're if we're doing X, Y, Z, the church is is functioning well. And obviously, without X, Y, and Z, the church would not be functioning well. But I think one of the things we we recognize that was lost in this time was just the being together um, to have these discussions that we're talking about today, person to person, uh, to be able to uh, share God's care, to encourage one another. Uh, person to person, I think I think we are recognizing that we did lose those things. And, and as far as um, gain, uh, I, I think you know Romans five four, right? This kind of chain of things, right? Suffering produces endurance, and endurance character, and character hope. Uh, I think that's what God is giving us as a gain, as a gift. Here is that this suffering um, indeed called for endurance, and especially as long as you know people keep saying now at the one year anniversary, you know, can you believe it's been a whole year? Um, we've, we've needed that endurance, hopefully, right? I shouldn't say hopefully God is working in us character. And at the heart of that character is this hope that takes us away from placing our hopes in this fallen world and placing our hopes with Christ and his promise of resurrected uh, life in a new heaven and new earth. Yeah. Pastor Apple, uh, what have we lost? What have we gained, uh, from your point of view? I, I think in terms of, can I, I'll state what, Pastor Hoppy said in, in the in the positive way, we've gained the the appreciation for what we lost in the gathering together, in the fellowship, the the person to person communion. I know prior to last year at this time, uh, over the course of my ministry on multiple occasions, I, I might say something like, Christians need to go to church or Christians have to go to church, maybe even saying it that forcefully and kind of get some raised eyebrows. Well, what do you mean, pastor? And, and talking about the importance of being gathered together. And, and of course, there's always the, you know, the quote exceptions, those who desire to gather but can't. And, and suddenly we were all thrust into that world where we desired to gather but couldn't for various reasons. And, and now a year later, it, it's amazing to hear people say, Pastor, we want to be together. We understand how much we missed being together. We've recently at Grace moved from two services in order to space out better back to one service, making use of the whole building to continue to space out together. And just that, you know, hearing everyone's voices joined together over the whole distance has, has just been wonderful for me as a, a pastor. And I know it's been wonderful for our folks that they get to see each other again. Uh, that's, that's something that, that we had lost, but now getting it back, we've, we've gained an appreciation for it. And, and I pray that that's something that we don't lose that when we talk about the body of Christ, that that's the church, that that means that our bodies actually get together to worship together. And there is great joy in that. And I, I think that's something that we've gained in the midst of having lost it. I, I could see that in my own congregation early on uh, when we started gathering for outdoor drive-in services after not meeting in person for about a month um, it, it, to be able, well, it's probably two months, I think uh, that we went without meeting in person. And so to be able to meet in person and at least in the parking lot, in our own cars, but we could still see each other and to realize, to recognize how much of a difference that made to be able to 
um, just have that encouragement of our brothers and sisters in Christ, knowing that that uh, they're too they're hearing the word of God and um, receiving just as we are the the good gifts of God in His Word and and also with with great hope and anticipation of being able to gather together in in the sanctuary to receive the sacrament together as opposed to you know in in smaller groups like we were early on uh, there was just um, there's something about that. It's almost as if God knows what he's doing when he, when he calls us to be the body of Christ, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, when he calls us to not just, uh, not just a group of individuals, but that we are a part of the body, uh, the body of Christ. That's a a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing. Um, with just about two minutes left, um, pastor Hoppy final thoughts as we wrap up our time together, a, a minute from pastor Hoppy, a minute from pastor Apple. Yeah, I think, um, I guess the overall thing I'd like to say kind of as we conclude is this idea that, uh, and it kind of goes with Pastor Apple was talking about this idol of normal, right? That what a great tragedy it would be if we came out of this and think that that's all we can gain from this whole experience is to return to something that was, uh, instead of being, uh, changed and changed, uh, because we've repented of things, changed because we've come before our God, changed because He he has forgiven us and made us new. Um, so let us pray that we don't leave this time just going, huh, glad that's over. And we didn't learn anything from it. And it was just miserable, but that we actually uh, did reflect and God forgave us and changed us uh, through his forgiveness and through his life giving spirit. Pastor Apple, final thoughts. The the devil in the midst of all this always has the same play. He's trying to pull us away from Christ. And as Pastor Hoppy wonderfully reminded us earlier, God is trying to do the exact opposite. He is trying to draw us closer to him. And in the midst of suffering, that's exactly what he's doing. That passage from Romans 5 is fantastic. That suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And for Christians, hope is not wishful thinking, but it is confidence in what Christ our Lord has done. And that's what we need the most right now. And that's what this world needs the most right now. And and thanks be to God that even in the midst of a pandemic, he is doing that in us, giving us the gifts in his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Our guest today, Pastor Timothy Apple, pastor of Grace Lutheran Church in Smithville, Texas, host of Sharper Iron here at KFUO. Pastor Apple, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Pastor Philip Hoppy, pastor of Peace Lutheran Church in Finlayson and St. Paul Lutheran Church in Bruno, Minnesota. Pastor Hoppy, thanks so much for joining us on the Coffee Hour. Absolutely. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Don't, 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 don't.